you know, they um they never told me how stressful spring semester could be. Like like I remember in high school, it always felt like the worst was always in like December and January. And maybe it was just because it was such shit weather out. But Jesus Christ, the last two weekends I've had Frisbee tournaments and this weekend for Easter, I'm going to New York. And then the two weekends after that, I have Frisbee tournaments. It's like, yeah, you really don't got a day off in college, man. But um, that's just letting y'all know what's on my life. Um, That's partially an excuse for no podcasts. I don't have a lot of time anymore. Um, I'm not watching a ton of basketball. It has ramped up very recently because I've been getting back into baseball. I've been getting back into basketball. So, and this is the perfect time. Today is the award show, my all-NBA teams, my all-defensive picks, and also my first-round picks. Because last night, everything solidified. We have our play-in tournament, which... When is the play-in tournament? Play-in tournament. Play-in. Oh, my God. Tournament. Um, okay, cool. Like, times, though. Like, come on. Google sucks sometimes. Google's really stupid. Okay, Tuesday. So, tomorrow. Holy fuck. Are you kidding me? The playing games are tomorrow? Nets Cavs is tomorrow. Oh, my God. That's crazy. So, on Tuesday, it's Nets Cavs and Clips Wolves. And then Wednesday, the 9-10 matchups, which are Hawks Hornets and Pell Spurs. Okay, cool. Um, we're going to start off with the awards because that's what originally this podcast was going to be. It was just going to be an award show and my all-NBA and my all-defensive. This is probably going to be a long fucking podcast. I, maybe not. I don't know. I can never say, say. So I'm for my award points, I'm going to go, or like for my order, I'm going to go from what I thought was the least contentious award, at least in my mind, to the most contentious award. Um, so we'll start off with six men of the year. I think it's easily Tyler Hero. I think Kevin Love has a great argument. Um, he's played really well as of recently. He played really well last night, especially had like 30 points in like 14 minutes or some stupid shit like that. I saw, I know I saw it on Twitter, but I definitely can't find the tweet. So I don't really care anymore. But like on my list of things, I, I have three candidates for every award except six men of the year and most improved. And that was simply because I, I, I just, I, I thought that, see, when I wrote out six men of the year, I was like, Tyler Hero. I don't even need to talk about it. It's one of those awards where it's just like, give it to him. The Heat's offense is all Tyler Hero. We'll talk about this more when we um, talk about the first round. But he, he is so fucking important to this Miami Heat team. That being said, most approved player, mine's John Morant, and I don't think it's even close. People are like, who, who, who do you have for most approved player? It should be John Morant. He went from a borderline all-star to an MVP, a legitimate MVP candidate in his age 22 season. I think if the Grizzlies... Um, hold on, let me pull up the standards really quick. I think if the Grizzlies um, had, like, maintained that 20-2 and two record, but Ja was playing... Like, if Ja had played more games, I think he would be a much more legit MVP candidate. Um, but obviously he's not. He's still a, a, a serious MVP candidate to me. And I think that making that kind of a jump in your age 22 season needs to be recognized. He's not a second-year player. He's not supposed to get better like this. Like, this was a jump. This was a leap. So he is my most approved player. And second, I had Darius Garland. Just, you know, going from a guy in the league that didn't have a great rep. He was, like, considered one of the worst players in the league by all the advanced metrics. 
to an all-star and a guy that helped the Cavs greatly overachieve, maybe more so in the first half of the season than anything else. Are you kidding me? I'm just looking at my awards right now and realizing I don't have Rookie of the Year, so I'm going to have to keep that in mind because that's actually a travesty. What an idiot. Idiot mode, Ryan. Next up will be Coach of the Year. And personally, um, I know Ime's getting a lot of um, run lately. I know Monty's getting a lot of run, both rightfully so. I have Taylor Jenkins as my head coach um, for Coach of the Year. And I just think it's because the the Grizzlies, first of all, completely overachieved this season. No one thought they were going to be this good. I think there is a lot to be said for that 20-2 and record without John Morant. That that speaks to a great culture. That speaks to um, a, a great built roster and just like being self-aware of your roster. But that also speaks to really fucking good coaching and getting the most out of your players when you need to get the most out of your players. A lot of a lot of what this Grizzlies team's skepticism around them this season has been is 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 whether or not they can contend. I tend to lean to the side of no, just because youth doesn't really love like youth doesn't really win championships. If you look throughout the history of the NBA, most great players face adversity before they're able to triumph. Right? So I don't know if I believe in the Grizzlies necessarily as a contender, but given what they've done this season, they deserve a lot of credit. And I, I that's why I think I think Taylor Jenkins is is the best coach th- this year. And just I, I don't know the coach of the year. These last three awards, well, these last four awards actually, considering rookie of the year, coach of the year, defensive player of the year, MVP, and rookie of the year. There, there are reasonable answers for all of them. That being said. If your defensive player of the year is not Marcus Smart, I'm going to have to fight you. I'll fight you on Twitter about that. Because I looked up the Vegas odds today, and Marcus Smart should win defensive player of the year, and he fucking should. Because he has been the heart... He is the the quote-unquote... You can't see him doing the finger quotes. Draymond Green of the Celtics defense, right? This Celtics defense, if you forget about the first two months of the NBA season, is literally one of the greatest defenses of all time. Like, by... You know? Like, it's... It's fucking ridiculous. I saw a stat today that said, if we cut out those first two months and we just look at the calendar year of 2022, the Celtics are the only team in the NBA to hold their opponents under 50% from the field in general. The only team in the NBA to do that. That's fucked. Like, this Celtics defense has been insanely good. And I think that Marcus Smart has shown that he is still a great defensive player the last two seasons he's been Marcus Smart but he hasn't been quite what we all know he can be and he just this season was like fuck everybody fuck everything I am the best defensive player in the league this year and it's true he he this is the only award where if if you don't have Marcus Smart as your first place vote nah we gotta fight we gotta scrap because Marcus Smart you know, I, I I was kind of out on him the past couple of years. I was out on him in the sense of I've I've always wanted Marcus Smart. I always thought he was an integral integral that's the right word, I think. An important um championship piece for this team. And I would always love to see him win a ring in Boston. However, I was like he's the only valuable guy outside of J B and J T, you know? But I was glad that we were able to move Josh Richardson, move around the edges, pick up some good pieces in Derek White, and really propel the Celtics into winning. Bam out of bio had a great point on Zach Lowe's podcast, he was like, hey, man, I've been doing this because Bam has been getting some chatter for defense play of the year, rightfully so. Um, he was like, hey, man, you know, I've been I've been talking about 
um, being one of the best defenders in the league for years now, what really helped is that we were winning. And I think that's what really helped Marcus Smart's case. We were winning, and we were winning, especially on the defensive side of the ball. It's just, I, I don't see many arguments against Marcus Smart. I don't. In second, I have Giannis, and in third, I have Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, Trey J has just been, like, one of the reasons the Grizzlies' defense is so good. Yeah, they have a lot of good perimeter defenders, but Jaron Jackson Jr. has been able to play the four. He's been able to slide to the five when they need him to, and he's just been fucking phenomenal this season. You know, he's he's been what I thought he could be coming out of the draft, and people think he has a higher ceiling than this. I don't know. I think that this is about where Jaron Jackson is going to be, which, hey, man, he'll probably be an all-star in a couple of years. So that's pretty fucking good. And then second place, Giannis. It's self-explanatory. Giannis is the greatest help defender I've seen with my own eyes. Um, he's just, he's Giannis. Like, there's there's not much I can say. He played center most of the season because Brooke Lopez was hurt. And, like, he's been amazing. People are like, oh, you know, he, he his defensive numbers, the Bucks defense hasn't been as good. I don't give a fuck. He was playing center. He was playing out of position for most of the season. And their defense is still very, very good. Um... Rookie of the year, I'm doing this off the dome. It's not in my notes. I'm sorry. I completely forgot. My rookie of the year is, is Evan Mobley, just because it's been the most consistent. He, from day one, was the best rookie, and I think he has been outside of his injuries. Um, this is another one of those races where I wouldn't get mad at you for having any of the top three. You know, as long as Scotty, Cade, or Evan Mobley gets your vote, I don't really give a shit. Rookie of the Year is one of the most insignificant awards in the NBA, but I personally am going to go with the homer pick. I've been seeing Evan Mobley since day one. You know, the, the I'm really excited about this draft because I was super, super high on Cade. I was super high on Evan Mobley, and I was super high on Scotty Barnes. I was super high on all three of those prospects, and to see them flourish like this has been really, really special. Jaden Green has picked it up as of late. He's had a very Anthony Edwards-esque arc so far in his um um NBA career in the sense of like Anthony Edwards struggled a lot the first half of his rookie year and then was able to turn it up in the second half. Same thing with Trey Young did the same thing. Um and I think that, that we're gonna see the same thing out of Jalen Green. Jalen Green's gonna be really fucking good, man. Jalen Green is indeed a bucket, you know? I like the swagger. I'm not a huge Jalen Green fan just because he clearly was salty. He wasn't picked first overall, and he started shitting on Detroit. And I don't really fuck with that because I'm kind of a Detroit Pistons stan. <laughs> just the way that they're building their franchise right now, I really like. So we'll see. I think Houston is the most interesting team because their direction is it's really weird, right? If you look at some of the other rebuilds, they have a lot of concrete pieces, right? I think OKC has a couple good concrete pieces. I think Orlando has a couple good concrete pieces, at least pieces you want to keep around and that are valuable, like extremely valuable. I don't know if Houston has a ton of those pieces, so we'll see. But overall, I I have Evan Mobley as my rookie of the year. I'd probably put Cade second and Scotty third. But rookie of the year, just like, I'm not going to get mad at you for having a differing opinion. Um, MVP, right? Is that the last one? I have Jokic. Dominic asked me about this in the party the other day. I got Jokic, man. I mean, I said that Jokic is running away with it. Listen, he is the first player in NBA history to have 2,000 points. Is that even right? I think it was, I think he was the first player in NBA history. I don't know. He had 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists in a season. His advanced stats are stupid. Like, I, I, the Thinking Basketball podcast, which is like... That's that's the epitome of a nerd podcast. They have a bunch of stats that you've never heard of. There's a stat called LeBron. There's straight up an advanced stat called LeBron. 
and Jokic is having like like a, a lot of these advanced stats granted go back to like one of them goes back to 2014 one of them goes back to 1970 and one of them goes back to 1960 Jokic is top five all time in single season for all three of those he is number one in one of them too like his advanced stats are so stupid like for those of you like um for those of you who don't know vorp is a stat that means value above replacement player it's like, none of you will get this reference because you don't like baseball, but it's like um, war in baseball. Um, but his VORP is like absurd. It's something crazy this season. And his, his box plus minus, it's like every advanced analytic that you're going to hate is is sucking Jokic's dick. And I am also right there on my knees. I love Jokic. I think Embiid is second. The only reason Embiid came out and was like, oh, what, what do I have to do? They hate me. Fuck you, Joel Embiid. You're a piece of shit human being and I hate you. Like, I don't know if that's true, but I just don't like Joel Embiid. I'm conflicted on Joel Embiid. I like how he's a fucking troll. Like how he tweeted out the the meme after Ben Simmons got traded. I like all the things that he brings. I like his attitude. I think he's funny. But, like, he is a a, a pussy sometimes. I'm not a big foul-baiting guy. I think the fact that him and James Harden are on the same team is criminal. And I am not looking for... I haven't watched a single Sixers game, man. Because I don't want to watch 40 free throws in a game. I'm sorry. Call me an old head, but... I don't want to watch 40 free throws in the game. Now, as as far as MVP goes, for me, Joel's numbers got better once James Harden got there, but you should expect that with a great playmaker like James Harden. For me, it was the Sixers were, like, kind of mid with James Harden. Like, they added James Harden, and they were like, eh. And so I'm kind of like, what the fuck, man? You talked all this shit about carrying a team without Ben Simmons, and then you get a superstar alongside... He's not a superstar anymore. You get a star alongside yourself, and you guys are just mid... Like, what the fuck? Whatever. I think Giannis is third. Giannis is, in my opinion, the best player in the league. Um, if, if if we have that Game 7 scenario where it's like you need one player to go out and win you one game, I'm taking Giannis every single time without question. Um, so I, that would be – that's my MVP ladder right now is Jokic and Bede and Giannis. It's just that Giannis – I don't know, man. The Bucks aren't good enough. It's voter fatigue. It's all this shit. There's a bunch of stuff. I just think Jokic is fully deserving of back-to-back MVPs. And we go to the standings. The Nuggets are the sixth seed, right? And Will was in the party. Will was like, oh, you know. (laughs) You can't have an MVP at the sixth seed. First of all, Russell Westbrook. Second of all, the Nuggets and Sixers are separated by three wins. The Nuggets, Sixers, and Bucks are all separated by three wins. Three wins. If three wins is determining... Oh, I wonder if you can hear that siren. Huh. Maybe. If three wins is determining how you are judging your MVP voting, go fuck yourself. Nikola Jokic is the MVP. Okay. We're going to go all rookie teams first just because I feel like it and I want to get the rookies out of the way. Our rookie first team is Cade, Scotty, Evan, Ao, Io, 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 and Franz. Ao. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm used to typing out Ao. <laughs> um, the first three are self-explanatory. Cade, Scotty, Mobley. Three of the greatest rookie seasons I've seen with my eyes, which isn't that much of a sample size. You know what's tripping me out? This is like the seventh NBA season that like I've watched fully in depth. Like, like this is the se- Like, I'm getting old, is what I'm saying. You know. 
it feels like the Warriors won their championship in 2015 because that was what catapulted me into into super like super NBA fandom was the 2015 season, which is great because the 2016 season was one of the greatest seasons in NBA history. Um, for like a ton of reasons, but like I've started to I've I've seen a lot so far as an NBA fan. I haven't seen like a huge amount, but I've I've been lucky enough to see a lot. Um, but Kate Scotty Mobley, three of the greatest rookie seasons I've seen with my own eyes. Io, Io for me is here because a he was a second round pick. I want to give him love for that, and b he was asked to do a lot with the Bulls. He was asked to go from you know an off the bench spot minutes role player, you know make your shots, don't turn the ball over, to hey you're running starting point guard for us, and I think that that deserves a lot of recognition. And then Franz, Franz at one point was leading rookie of the year, you know, and and I think that he has a very bright future in. Orlando, but also just his ability to come into the NBA and and be an efficient, a relatively efficient scorer. Here, I might be talking on my ass. Let me pull up basketball reference really quick. Hey, Franz Wagner is actually Wagner is actually on the front. So he averaged fifteen points on forty seven percent shooting and thirty five percent from three. Effective field goal percentage of fifty two percent. That's pretty fucking good for a rookie. That's pretty pretty good. So all five of those guys are my first team all rookie. My second team all rookie is Josh Giddy, Jalen Green, um, Herb Jones, Chris Duarte, and Davion Mitchell. Now for um, Giddy, Jalen, and Herb, Giddy, it was he was easily the most underrated rookie, and having him on second team might be a little upsetting to some people. I might get some people in my mentions um, angry about that, but that's okay. Um, I just think that that Giddy, if Giddy can like average like 18 points per game in this league, he's going to be really fucking good. Like, if Giddy can get the scoring together, he's going to be really, really good. And I'm excited to see what OKC has. Because OKC is an interesting case. It's like, what, 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 what's going to happen with the Shea Giddy backcourt? You know? How is that going to pan out in my mind? It's a little interesting to me. Um, Jalen Green, like I said, started off the season, you know, kind of rough and then finished out really fucking strong. He's been playing really amazing. He was like the first rookie since Allen Iverson to have four straight 30-point games. Like, he, he's just been really good the second half of the season. Um, I don't necessarily—I already hate Jalen Green fans on Twitter, which sucks for him, but he's been good. He just hasn't been good the entire season enough for me to put him on the first team. Um, Herb Jones, like, the best defender in the draft. Actually, no, that's not true. The second best defender? Is Herb Jones the third best defender in his own draft? And yet still one of the best defenders in the NBA? Because Evan Mobley's the best defender out of the draft, easily, in my opinion. And then Scotty's the most versatile defender out of the draft. Maybe Herb. Herb might be the second best defender. I don't know. But Dominic always gave me shit because Herb Jones is everything Davion Mitchell was supposed to be, even though they're both rookies. And Herb Jones could be out of the league in three years, just like Davion Mitchell could be out of the league in three years. You never know. But Herb Jones, lockdown defense. Um, one of the bright spots for the Pelicans, they were sucking. Oh, sorry, I got interrupted. Um... I was saying Herb Jones was one of the bright spots for the Pelicans this year when um everything was like gone to shit and they were really bad. And he has continued to be a, a very good bright spot even as they turn their season around. So shout out to Herb. Chris Duarte really slowed down the second half of the season. He ended up getting hurt. Um, but he started off so strong and he was kind of like like he was one of those guys that draft people really liked. And it was a very pacers pick of them to take him. Um I was actually kind of surprised he took Chris Duarte because he wasn't a white boy. 
<laughs> which is fucked up of me to say, but you know, kind of true. Um, and then I had Davion Mitchell as my 10th guy because I felt like he has played really well. Like ever since the, the Kings realized that the Sabonis trade was not going to make them into the play in this year, he's been playing really well. He had like three straight 20 plus point games, still bringing the intensity on defensive end. I'm very high on Davion Mitchell. And this might be a bad pick, and you might argue it, but it is the last player on second team All NBA or second team All Rookie. Shut the hell up. Okay, let's go to. We're gonna do All NBA before All Defensive, just because I like defense more. So my All NBA first team is Luca, Ja, Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. Um, Luca, it's self-explanatory. I I feel like I don't need to explain many of these. Ja, for me personally made it over curry and book just simply because i think he's just had a greater impact on his team like we'll talk about this when i get to devin booker i don't believe devin booker is the best player on his team i don't and i just like i understand john morant sample size you know he missed 22 games all this shit i don't care i if you play enough games to qualify for statistics and to qualify for all this shit i'm going to judge you based on your time on the court i'm not going to judge you on your if you qualify for all of our statistics and all that shit then you played enough for me in my mind so i am putting john first team all nba Giannis Jokic and beat i don't need to talk about it i do feel a little sacrilegious having two centers but you know what man i don't give a shit i don't care I want Jokic and Embiid both on first team because they're both the top five players in the league this year, easily. All NBA second team, I had Curry, Book, Tatum, Durant, and Cat. Um, listen, man, let me pull up Steph Curry's stats really quick. Let me pull up Steph Curry's stats. Steph and Curry. This season, Steph Curry is averaging twenty five point five points, um, five point two rebounds, and six point three assists. On 44, 38, 92 splits. Let me read. Let me let me say it again. Player, this player is averaging 25, 5, and 6 on 44, 38, 92 splits. On a team that is what? The, the three seed or the four seed? On the three seed in the West. And he's still technically having like a bad season. Like by his own standards, he's having a down season. And that's crazy to me. Steph struggled, and then he came back and started playing well again. He, like he, he obviously was the runaway MVP. Oh, excuse me, he was a runaway MVP. He went through a huge slump, and then he got hurt. He started to kind of come out of the slump. He got hurt, so we'll see how. Hopefully, his foot's feeling better. Just because you fell out of the MVP race doesn't mean that you had a bad season, right? Like the MVP. In order to win MVP, you can't have like an off month you're not allowed to do that to be an mvp candidate in the nba so that's why he's out of mvp contention i still think he was a top three guard in the league this year i I think he was the third best guard in the league this year i do devin booker devin booker turned it up really as of late um when chris paul went out he really stepped in and and did a lot man even chris paul came back he had that 49 and 10 game so shout out to d book i think any d book mvp talk is silly not silly but just like come on it's like pg-13 a couple years ago 
It's like, come on, bro. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You want to give shine to random ass people. Jason Tatum is so sexy, and I love him. And if he decides to have another child, I want to bear it. Um, Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Durant. I don't need to talk about it. It's Kevin Durant. Like, it's Kevin Durant. He had a great season again. He led Brooklyn even through all of this. Um, even with his uh, injury again, he got injured again. Um, he when he was on the court, he was playing fucking phenomenal. He was he was Kevin Durant. You know what I'm saying? Like he was like I don't know what you want me to say. It's Kevin Durant. <sighs> Excuse me. Fuck. Carl Anthony Towns is my center on second team, uh, second team All NBA just because the Timberwolves overachieved. You're gonna see. I I showed someone some love on all and all defensive teams too. Timberwolves greatly overachieved. Um, they sadly, it's kind of sucks that they didn't get, um, a playoff spot and that their season comes down to, you know, a couple games, but hopefully they're able to pull it out. I, I, I think they will. I, I have playing picks along with my first round picks, so you'll see that, but I, I think they will pull it out. And I'm just really proud of Carl Anthony Towns because people are empty stats until they put up those stats on a winning team that we saw this with Devin Booker. We're seeing it right now with Carl Anthony Towns. And I don't know who's a fucking... I feel like people don't use the term empty stats anymore because it's kind of been retired. But, you know, to see Carl Anthony Towns come out this season and really fuck shit up, you know, was really cool. Seeing when three-point contest was really cool. Right? I, maybe he didn't. I don't know, man. That was a while ago. It was February. That's not that long ago. <laughs> um. So my all-NBA third team... Oh, wait, hold on. I did a goof. My All-NBA third team um, was Chris Paul, Trey Young, LeBron James, DeMar DeRozan, and Bam Adebayo. Um, Chris Paul, when he played, was elite. I think he is the best player on the best team in the Western Conference. Um, probably the best team in the NBA. Trey Young was like, he was putting up stats even when the team was poverty and now the team is winning it. Like, I can't ignore the fact that he, like, is, is, like, top three in, like, total points and assists for the season. That's fucked. That man is an offensive machine, you know? So, I love Trey. I, I don't love Trey Young necessarily. I think it's funny what he did to the Knicks, and I just think that he deserves a third-team All-NBA nod for his season. LeBron, he's not going to qualify for the scoring title, so maybe I shouldn't even have him here, but he was great when he played. The Lakers have been a complete fuck show. It's kind of hilarious. As someone who believes LeBron James is the greatest player of all time, I don't know, man. I start to doubt it more and more. You know? Maybe it's just because I'm not going to see playoff LeBron this year. Maybe it's because, you know, I feel like he he knew that this team was going to be shit early on, and he was just like, fuck it, I'm going for Kareem. Which, like, fair. If you're going to go for a career, like, I would do it too. His body is a little bit starting to fall apart on him, knock on wood. But... I think LeBron played really well this season. I don't know if he necessarily deserves a nod over any of the guys I've put above him. I don't think he does. So I just snuck him in on third-team All-NBA. DeMar DeRozan. DeMar really fell off when the Bulls fell off. Um, he had that one month where he was breaking, like, Wilt Chamberlain records and the Bulls were super hot and all this stuff. And I think that, that DeMar, like, they were arguing on the No Dunks podcast that, that DeMar has built up enough good karma, in my opinion. I think someone said this on the Zach Lowe podcast, too, that he deserves at least a 13 All-NBA nod. I don't think, I, I, in my right mind, cannot put Jimmy Butler on an All-NBA team. I can't. I really, like, it, it, it would bother me if Jimmy Butler makes an All-NBA team because I don't think he deserves it at all. 
He's not the best offensive player on the team. He's not the best defensive player on the team. He has not been Jimmy Butler this year. He's just like, I don't know, man. Jimmy Butler's a really weird player because when Jimmy Butler is on, I love Jimmy Butler. But when he is off, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he averaged 21, 21, 6 and 6 if we're being completely fair with the rounding. 21, 6 and 6 on 48, 23, 87. He shot below 50% effective field goal percentage. I can't, in my right mind, put him on an all NBA team. I'm sorry. And then, bam. Bam is my defensive or my all NBA third team center. I think that he has, he's just been amazing. Like they always talk about switchability on the Zach Lowe podcast, um, which I listened to in case you couldn't tell. And Bam like switches the most out of the league. I think Marcus Smart is second, but like Bam switches a lot, and he is he's one of those guys that can just hold his own against anybody. And I, I love Bam. As my friends know, Bam is one of my favorite players in the league. Um, so I think that he has done enough this season. He has played well defensively enough. Like he's really been an anchor for this heat team on the defensive end. And that is why he is on the third team all NBA for me. All right. Now the really cool, juicy stuff, all defensive team, all defensive first team. I have 52, Mikel Bridges, Giannis, Jaron Jackson, and then I have Rudy Gobert. Um, now, the, the the thing that may have just hurt your ears a little bit was me saying the words Rudy Gobert out loud. And I can understand that. Um, one of my friends likes to make the overpaid argument, which I think is one of the most frivolous arguments you can make in sports. Um, he always argues that Rudy Gobert is overpaid. And it's like, like, yeah, objectively speaking, like if you remove all the context from the situation... Yes, he is overpaid. Yes, Duncan Robinson is currently overpaid. Like, if you just suck context out and shoot it into space, players are overpaid. But if you put context there, they are not overpaid. Rudy Gobert, I would actually argue Rudy Gobert is not overpaid. A generational defender deserves to be paid a max. He does. All right? The best defender of your generation deserves to be paid a max. Three-time defense. Rudy Gobert is a Hall of Famer. He deserves to be paid a max in his prime. Okay? So, no, I'm not even going to sit here and, and act like I think Rudy Gobert is overpaid. The Jazz defensive scheme is greatly flawed. The Jazz do not have perimeter defenders to support Rudy Gobert in the paint, right? Like, like the problem with the Clippers series and all the, the, the shit that you're going to hear about Rudy Gobert is the fact that no one wants to play perimeter defense and then Rudy Gobert has to go protect the paint and there's an open guy in the corner. That's the problem with the, the Jazz defense. But that is neither here nor there. Rudy Gobert has been phenomenal this season, whether or not their defense has dropped off. I still think that he is the best defensive center in the league. Um, and I still believe that he deserves to be on all um, defensive first team. The other guys I mentioned, Marcus Smart is going to be my defensive player of the year. So he's obviously going to be on all defensive first team. Mikel Bridges is the best defender on one of the best defenses. Um of which is one of the best teams in the NBA. Um, I don't know, man. Like, Mikel Bridges, when he plays basketball, it looks like his knuckles are dragging on the ground. Like, his, he is so just long. Pause. And I, I love him for it. <laughs> Double pause. <laughs> I love watching Mikel Bridges. He's just such a good defender. He's so, like, dangly. I just, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, his, his body proportions are so weird. He looks like a freak on the court. But he's really good at defense. And he's like, he stepped up his scoring this year. This Phoenix team is really good, man. 
you know? But we'll get to that later. Giannis, Trey J, I ain't got to talk about it. Second team all defense, I had Patrick Beverly, Matisse Thybul, Draymond Green, Time Lord, and Bam. Um, Pat Bev deserves a shit ton of credit for what has happened in Minnesota this year. I talked about Cat and second team all NBA. I think I think Patrick Beverly deserves to be second team all defense. Um, just because he's he's brought a swagger and attitude, um, a grit that that this this Timberwolves team tended to lack. You know, Carl Anthony Towns is not an extremely emotional player. Carl Anthony Towns, you know, is not very in your face. And Patrick Beverly is that. He's the attitude of this team, and you know. I think he deserves some credit for that. Matisse. Matisse. Ooh, we're going to talk about the Sixers, man. We're going to talk about the Sixers-Raptors series. Matisse is just a really fucking good defender. I don't know what you want from me. He'll get a good backdoor cut every couple games. But if Matisse can start making threes, he'll be one of the best um, role players in the league. But just for right now, Matisse is a clamper. There's no denying it. Second team All-NBA. Second team all defense, sorry. I'm going to make that mistake a lot. Draymond Green was the runaway defensive player of the year for the first couple months of the season. Then he got hurt, and now he's kind of returning to form. Um, I think that in the similar case to DeMar DeRozan, that first half of the season gives you enough good karma to throw you in on second team all defense. That, that's my stance on having Dre here. Um, Time Lord. I don't know, man. Everyone listening to this podcast is a Celtics fan. There's probably someone mad that I didn't put him on first team all NBA over Rudy Gobert. Or first team all defense over Rudy Gobert. He is just like he's the piece of our defense. He is the piece. And and missing him is gonna be interesting. It seems like they're putting Tice in the role, which is kind of scary. I thought they were gonna put Tatum in the role, honestly. Like, yeah, yeah, put Jason Tatum in the Time Lord role. Because Jason Tatum is taller than Time Lord and probably has close to the same vertical. He has the length and the shot blocking ability to do it. Put Jason Tatum in that role, please. Because I know Ime Udoka listens to these podcasts. Um, and then second team all defense, bam. I, I'm not even going to say anything because I don't need to. Play-in picks. Let's move on to the playoffs and the play-in. So right now, as the standings have it, in the Eastern Conference, the Nets will play the Cavs for the, third, or for the seventh seed. And then the Hawks and Hornets will play to see who goes on to play the loser for the 8th seed. Right now, my play-in picks are that the Cavs are going to pull the upset. They are going to go into Brooklyn and pull the upset. Obviously, we're Cavs fans um, tomorrow night. I, I, I'll do everything in my ability to watch the game. I don't know if I'll be able to just because I have... Uh, Frisbee tomorrow. I can't. I have ultimate. <laughs> um, but I, I, we're Cavs fans around here today. And actually for a while. I'm a big Evan Mobley guy. I love Darius. Anyway, I think the Cavs will grab the seventh seed. I think the Nets will grab the eighth seed. And out in the West, I'm Clip Ganger. Don't bang. Clips will get the seventh seed. And the Wolves will get the eighth seed. That is just setting the precedence for my first round picks. Okay? Just letting you know. Okay, so first round, we're starting off in the West. Suns versus Wolves. I got Suns at four. I don't think it's even close. The Wolves have had a great season, but it's not going to amount to anything because the Suns are the fucking Suns, and they're really good. Grizzlies, Clippers. I have the Grizzlies in six just because I know how hard this Clippers team can fight, but I think that this Grizzlies team has, has a big enough chip on their shoulder as to where they're ready to come out and prove some shit, and I think that they can prove some things in it in a, a, a Clippers series. Warriors Nuggets, I have the Warriors in six. Um, 
I think the Warriors' defensive scheme will be something along the lines of someone else is going to have to beat us, and there's no one on the Nuggets that can. Um, I don't know if the Warriors necessarily can guard Jokic. So, okay, so the, the defensive scheme you're going to see against Jokic is one of two things. One, make someone else beat us, or two, Jokic is going to have 50, and we're just not going to let anyone else have anything. And I think the second one is more scary for a team like the Nuggets because the Warriors like don't really have like a lockdown post defender. There are some guys that can hold their own, but there's no one like like Bealitz is not guarding him, Looney's not guarding him, Draymond's not guarding him. But it's like if if Aaron Gordon, you know, averages like twelve points per game and Monte Morris ain't doing shit and Bones Highland ain't doing shit and like none of the supporting cast is doing anything. The Warriors are going to win this series. I just think the Warriors are a more talented basketball team. It'll also be interesting to see the Nuggets' defensive scheme and how much they try to exploit Jokic on screens and switches with like Curry and Thompson. Because Clay, Clay, hey guys, 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 we need to keep this really quiet because I don't need the rest of the NBA community to know this. But Clay Thompson is starting to heat up. Okay, he's at thirty plus points. I think thirty plus in his last three games. He's just been playing really. Thompson is heating up, okay? So don't look now, but the Warriors might be really dangerous. They might be. They might be. Probably not because Steph's coming off an injury and they haven't played a ton of minutes together, even though their chemistry shouldn't matter because they won three championships together. The Warriors are dangerous still, and I think we need to keep that in mind. Mavs Jazz, now this completely relies on uh, Luka Doncic MRI because he had a calf strain right and so um what the fuck was I gonna say oh I saw a stat today that was like depending on the grade of the calf strain Luka will be out these days grade one was seven to ten days grade two was one to three weeks and then a grade three calf strain was the season because it's like a four-month injury or something like that so let me just go to my Woj notifications on Twitter and make sure Um, yeah. Yeah, Frank Vogel got fired, by the way, in case you're wondering when I'm watching, I'm recording this, 3.07 p.m. on April 11th. Um, anyway, yeah, no Luka news yet. Assuming Luka's healthy, I have the Mavs in five, bro. You're going to run drop coverage against Luka Doncic with Rudy Gobert. Get the fuck out of here. And I know that, like, people will say point two. There's, like, a small sample size of Rudy Gobert holding his own against Luka. I don't give a fuck. Playoff Luka is, is a monster. A monster. So, I, I, if if Luka, if it's a grade one strain, or even if Luka's, like, 90% or 85% of himself, I still have the Mavs winning this series. <sighs> Excuse me. If it's grade one and he's going to be, like, healthy in a week... I have the Mavs fucking them up. Like in five. All right, moving over to the Eastern Conference. I have Heat Nets. So so on in all reality, this is going to be a Heat Cavs series. If it's Heat Cavs, I have the Heat in six. If it's Heat Nets, I have the Heat in seven. I just don't think that, that Brooklyn can do it. They don't, they don't have the depth, man. They don't. It's just like, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much for them to succeed. They might be really good next season, but for right now, it's too much. 
like just negative energy around the team for them to be successful. It's just not going to happen. Celtics Cavs, which in all reality will end up being Celtics Nets. Celtics Cavs, I would have the Celtics at five. Um, Jared Allen, I don't know when he's coming back. I know he's going to be out for the plan, but I don't know when he's coming back. Like, we're just going to fuck shit up. I, I really do believe in the Celtics team. We're going to get our shit together. They right now have a huge mentality of, I don't give a fuck who we're playing or winning. If we're playing the Nets, I got Celtics in six. Um, I think that, I just think that this is a different Celtics team than we've seen in a couple of years. Uh, a lot of my problems with the Celtics in past years is that they seem nonchalant. They seem like they don't care. This team cares a lot. And this team has a huge chip on their shoulder. And I love it. And they love each other, too. Like, they're really getting along well, so... I got I got Celtics Nets for for I'm sorry I have Celtics in either series for a Celtics Nets series it's interesting who's gonna be guarding Kevin Durant because I saw this question on Twitter in the um enjoyers of basketball community and someone was like it's gonna be Tatum or Brown it might be Grant Williams dude that ass might be Grant Williams and how mad about that would I be not very I love Grant Williams. Let me go on to Grant Williams tangent really quick because Grant is someone that I used to really dislike. Me and uh, Dominic used to really hate him. He was two and a half field goal percentage. Hold on. What's his totals at? Let me see his totals. Um, he was 11 made field goals. 11. 11 made field goals away from a 50-40-90 season. 11 made field goals away. He shot 47.5% from the field, 41.1% from three, and 90.5% from the free throw line. He was 11 made field goals away from a 50-40-90 season. I love Grant Williams so much. It's just that corner three is fucking butter. Like, when they swing the pass around and it hits Grant Williams in the hand in the corner, you know that bitch is going in. Shout out to Lethal Shooter. Shout out to Lethal Shooter. For a Bucks Bulls series, this is hilarious because in my notes I have Bucks in four in parentheses over under plus fifty point differential for the series. Like, how bad are the Bucks gonna fuck up this Bulls team? Is my, I'm going over. I have Bucks in four, and they're going to win by a combined point differential of over fifty. I I got over on that point differential, so that would be mm, quick math in my head. About uh, an average margin of victory of twelve and a half points. I think the Bucks can hit that for four straight games in the playoffs. Sixers-Raptors. So Sixers-Raptors, I'm picking the Raptors, first of all, because I am a certified Sixers hater. I like what like I think Scotty Barnes is gonna clamp James Harden. I think he is. Like, what the fuck are they gonna do about this Toronto defense? This Toronto team is real. Like, that's my thing, too, right? Is like what are they gonna do about this Toronto defense? Because it's a lot of you know, switching, double teaming, you know, doing this and that. And just like, we have a bunch of long, lanky guys that can just get in the passing lane and you're going to have to deal with that. Like Nick Nurse is a psychopath. I think, so the Sixers have the star power. This is the most interesting thing about this series. The Sixers have the star power, but the Raptors have the defense, they have the depth and they have the coaching. And we're going to see what wins out. I, I'm going with the defense, the depth and the coaching because I think the Sixers star power is overrated because James Harden is washed Sixers are not going to have Matisse Thibel in Toronto he's not vaccinated he's not allowed in Canada that changes a lot of this series because depending on who you ask Matisse Thibel is the third most important player to this team 
He might not be the third best player, but he's surely the third most important. Like, I'm trying to get at the argument that Matisse is going to be out for, at minimum, two of these games. They're going to be in Toronto, which Toronto plays amazing in Toronto. Who the fuck is going to guard Fred Van Fleet? Who the fuck is going to guard Gary Trent Jr.? Who the fuck is going to guard Pascal Siakam? If Matisse ain't there, man. Like, this is... It's the perfect storm to get Doc Rivers fired. Would be a first-round exit. And then Doc Rivers goes to the Lakers, and it just continues, and it's worse, and it's worse, and I love the NBA. Um, I think the Raptors are going to win this series. I do. Um, We'll see. I wonder, can I, like, tweet out this document? Because I would love to just... I mean, it, it will always be on my computer, but I would love for my friends to be able to go to it. Oh, well. Um, but that brings us to the end of this podcast. Um, to just review everything, my MVP is Nikola Jokic. My rookie of the year is um, Evan Mobley. My defensive player of the year is Marcus Smart. My sixth man of the year is Tyler Hero. Most improved is Ja. Coach of the year is Taylor Jenkins. First team is Luka, Ja, Giannis, and Bede Jokic. Second team is Curry, Book, Tatum, Durant, Cat. Third team is CP, Trey, Braun, Damar, Bam. Um, defensive team, Marcus, Mikel, Giannis, Jaron, Gobert. And then second team would be Pat, Ed, Matisse, Dre, Time Lord, and Bam. All rookie first team, Kate, Scotty, Mobley, AO. AO. Fuck, I did it again, dude. What the fuck? Sorry, Bulls fans. IO. Franz. Second team, all. Rookie would be Giddy, Jalen, Herb, Duarte, and Davion. Um, obviously, the Cavs aren't going to get to the 7th seed. Like, the Nets in all seriousness should get to the 7th seed, but I'm I, I'm Cavs gang right now. Um, Cavs 7th seed, Nets 8th seed, Clip gang 7th seed, Wolves 8th seed. But I would have the Suns in 4, Grizzlies in 6, Warriors in 6, Mavs in 5, pending a Luka MRI, Heat in 7, Celtics in 5, Bucks in 4, and Raps in 6. We're praying on Philly's downfall this postseason, boys. Thank you so much for listening. Share it. Like it up. Do whatever the fuck you want. I don't really care. Peace.